Welcome to The Unpodcast. It's about you. This is your host, Caitlin DeVere. I'm a life coach, speaker, psychology lecturer, and a mum of two littles. And I'm here to inspire you with self-management tips, secrets, interviews, and tricks around loving yourself, loving your life, yep, even the mums, and ultimately to motivate you to want to wake up every morning and live your beautiful life. Over to today's episode. Cool, guys. How's it? Um, Oh, my word. I'm definitely not sounding my best today. Very snotty and congested and just getting over tonsillitis. But I'm here. And fortunately, you don't have to listen to me today the whole time. Um, So, yeah. So, Anandi, first of all, just welcome to the Unpodcast. It's so divine to have you on here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to share in the joy of play. So, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's amazing. And yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this chat. As I said to you just now, um, we actually heard a talk on this exact topic recently here, um, sort of in person in Durban. And um, my husband and I walked away and he was like, you have to get this topic on your podcast. And I literally just set this up with you. So, so relevant, um, so challenging for us as parents, um, especially me being in this exact stage of life. So I think yeah. having, so having someone that's more of an expert on the topic, someone that's studied it and gets it is, is amazing. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to hear more from you. Um, to start off, do you just want to tell everyone, yeah, just a bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So my name is Anandi Ferreira. I'm an occupational therapist, a play coach and a real play enthusiast. I've been practicing in private practice in a school-based practice since 2013 and kind of along the way and as part of the journey I completed my sensory integration certification and my master's which I was very fortunate to be able to be part of a wonderful project that I got to focus on playfulness which is my real passion and it's really just set me on an amazing journey to meet people and we actually presented our findings at the World Federation of Occupational Therapy Congress. And Mm. from that, I was able to write a journal article that was published in the Occupational Therapy International Journal. So it was just such an amazing opportunity to really tune into playfulness. And from that, I've been wearing quite a few different hats as as a therapist, but then also as a guest lecturer for UCT especially for kind of the occupational therapy students on play and playfulness and then also started running some workshops for occupational therapy colleagues on the very same topic so it's been an amazing journey and I think just getting the platform to share in my passion of play and playfulness and in different ways and with different people has been so amazing so yeah so thanks for having me here as well and yeah I think as time went and then chatting to more caregivers, I just realized how many parents and teachers were asking me very similar questions. And that's where I started the Play More Playground, which is an online platform to really address some of the parents' concerns around development and play and just kind of how to bring those things together. Because I think there's so much noise and so much information on the internet. And the moment you Google something, the results will span decades and you actually don't know where to start and what's relevant, what's the most updated information. And that is where I thought I would just step in and just really be able to share my passion for this 
in a way to connect with caregivers and give them hopefully the answers that they're looking for without them having to go through the whole of Google to find it. Mm, yeah, I hear you. Um, I think this is, yeah, for us as parents especially, um, at the moment in this age of raising kids, um, sort of in this, I don't know, what do you call it, generation, the more help we can get, the better. So I'm yeah. so grateful for spaces like that, um, that, that can just give us like tips, advice, um, and just help us navigate this, this new way of parenting. Because I think yeah. when, when life changes, um, we change. And, and when life progresses, exactly. you know, and we've got to do the same with our kids. We've got to be willing to d- adjust the way we parent and adjust the way we, we're raising them. So, um, yeah, I know that's how I found you, was obviously through that platform. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. yeah. And I think I think there's been so many shifts and trends um, with technology coming in. And I think we're also trying to find the balance, even as adults, um, with technology in our lives and how to teach children, you know, tech habits in a way that doesn't come at the expense of other areas of their lives, you know, whether it be sleep patterns or play. Um, and we're all, I think we're all still just trying to find the balance. And that's been the one thing that I think is, has also been brought to my attention a lot with parents is like, about how, you know, with the, schools are asking kids to, you know, be able to write their names at a younger and younger age. And then we've got tech coming in. And I think there's just so many directions that parents are being pulled in and getting messages from all sides. It's so hard to know, actually, you know, what, what, what should I be doing with my child um, and, and how to do it these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you. I think that's exactly where most of us are at with kids that are, especially at this sort of preschool age. Um, My kids have just changed schools and it's been amazing this year just to see the difference in like how the two schools have done things. So, and that's just two schools in our area. You know, this is like, you just, yeah, you're hearing a million messages from a million different people and um, yeah, it's just hectic. So Cool. First things first, I want to ask before we go into talking more about this idea of play and, um, and kids is you mentioned you're an OT and I know that many people listening might not even know what that is. So can we rewind and can you give uh, us just a quick rundown on that? Yes. So occupational therapy is part of the health and rehabilitation professionals and specifically our profession looks at developing a person's independence and quality of life. And I think sometimes it can be a bit confusing because OTs work in various areas of health. So I am a pediatric OT, but OTs also work in psychiatry and physical rehab, um, hand rehabilitation work, and kind of medical legal work. So it's in all the different areas with kids as well as adults, but it's really with the focus of independence and quality of life. So specifically for kind of pediatric occupational therapists, we look at children's ability to be able to do what they need to do at school in self-care as well as play. So, you know, are they able to do the tasks and activities that are required of them within those different contexts? Hmm. Okay, amazing. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> it does. It's it's like it's yeah. So it's just empowering children to be able to do exactly. what we expect them to do. Um, yes. And I think it can sometimes be confusing when someone's gone for you know for hand rehabilitation with an OT and then you suddenly hear I know a child's being referred for OT as well. Sometimes where you come across OT the first time um, can kind of be that frame of reference and then suddenly we 
we kind of pop up everywhere. So it's such a wonderful profession and I've been so fortunate to be able to yeah, to have found it and, and to practice it on a daily basis. And I think definitely working with kids is, is just so amazing for me. And they always come with just so much enthusiasm and amazing, unique personalities. So it's just an absolute joy to, to be part of children's journey in exactly like you said, and empowering them to be the best person and to, the, to live life to the, the best of their potential is really what it's all about. Yeah, amazing. Tell us, I mean, obviously for someone who's, who's working a lot with kids and, and obviously gets, gets this from an academic perspective, yeah. so a real perspective, what do you think is like the most concern um, that we should be having as parents or that you're having as OTs that we're seeing in raising kids of today? Yeah, I, I think it's exactly like we said, we're kind of, we're being pulled into two directions because I'm seeing, like I said, they, a lot of schools are getting it right and the curriculums are being targeted at the right levels where other school curriculums seems to be pushing for that, that early academic route that kids just aren't ready for. And often what comes from that is, is what I call opportunity costs. So if kids are engaging in activities that they aren't developmentally ready for, not only is that kind of stressful for them and quite hard and challenging to achieve, but they're also missing out on the time and opportunity to be playing on jungle gyms and to be playing in different ways that is actually developing the skills that they should be developing, you know, from their gross motor skills to their social and emotional skills to motor planning and spatial awareness. And those are all skills that are so critical for schooling, but then we're sitting in this kind of space where they're not actually getting the chance and the opportunity to be developing the right skills at the right time. And unfortunately, what comes of that is that gaps do develop and they're kind of sitting with almost splinter skills and that they're able to do some things but not everything and it's almost like that foundation of development and those important building blocks aren't there so that is one thing that I'm seeing is that unfortunately some curriculums just aren't it's it's like they, their focus is a little bit on the wrong things at the moment I feel and then I think certainly with Looking at the future, and I think we, we're reading so many articles about like Google released, you know, what, what they feel are some skills that are needed for the future, which, you know, everything from critical thinking to creativity, um, collaboration, um, curiosity, initiative, persistence. And to me, all of those skills are the things that really develop through open-ended and child-led play. And the, the time and opportunity for kids to engage in and kind of what I call true play has also just diminished so much because life has gotten busy and you know the school days are longer and there's traffic to and from school and there's more extramurals and the, I think the days are just so much busier that now we're also kind of losing that time and opportunity for open-ended play that I think is so critical for the very future skills that a lot of companies are kind of projecting would be needed in the future but yet we're now over-focusing on pre-academics and not actually giving them the time that seems to be the, the important skills of the future. So I think it's kind of that, that two-fold difficulty that we're in at the moment in terms of what we're doing with kids. And in my gut, I just feel like we're, we're not preparing them for the features that they need in the right way. And that's, I think, definitely why really just refocusing on play and the importance of open-ended child-led play has been so important for me because I've seen 
kids who are just so much more stressed and anxious than I think even five years ago. I feel like kids are generally just more stressed at the moment. The gaps in the development and, and kind of, you know, what we're wanting for, for future generations, I just feel like there's, you know, there's the discrepancy between all of those things at the moment. Yeah, I hear you. And just as a parent, um, I feel like I'm, I'm faced with this every single day. It's that exact dilemma between, um, and I suppose it's, it's, and for many of us, it's fear-led because you don't want your child to miss out. And so exactly. I know so many parents and so many even friends that um, have their kids in like five, six activities, um, you know, um, scheduled activities, and our kids are, are three turning four. Um, and yeah. others that are choosing to do none. And it's just been so interesting to watch this dynamic of like, is it out of fear that we, we're so scared they'll be left behind? So like, yeah. well, what if they're going to be a good ballet dancer one day, then surely they need the foundation. But then what if they're going to be a good tennis player and then they need the foundation? And it's just exhausting. And I've, I've been so caught up, this, up in this and had to step back. And, um, and then there's, there's also the idea of, I know, of TV as well, and that that's, and devices, and that's such a lovely distraction as parents. But again, we're filling our children's time. Um, yeah. And yes, TV does teach them stuff for sure. And I, like, I genuinely yeah. think it does. My kids genuinely learn stuff from TV. Um, and it is nice. It's nice time out. But again, we've got that, like, that pressure of, of that or that, I don't know, whatever you call it, distraction. Um, I yeah. just thought, yeah, like in so many ways. And then you hear that your friend's child can write their own name and you're like, oh my word, we're losing the plot. Yeah. You can't write her name. <laughs> Again, it's fear-led, but you, you don't want yeah. your child to miss out. And you're like, maybe we've missed it. And that, you know, she needs to write her name and then you start practicing. So I, I really, I, um, I think for every parent that's listening, they're probably like, oh my word, that's so me. Like either you've gotten the one extreme yeah. or maybe you're caught in the middle and like some days that's where I feel I am. Some days I'm like, I don't know, like I said to a friend the other day, she made the comments on ballet and she said, well, if Sarah misses this stage, then she'll never be able to do ballet one day. And I was like, yeah, yeah but if your daughter misses tennis at this stage, she'll never be able to play for the team. Yeah. Like, oh my word, I'm doing the same thing. I'm just choosing my sports. Um, yes. But oh. sure, it's hectic. Um, all these pills in so many directions and, and how it can really yeah. rub from, as you saying, just just general life skills that are so important, yeah. especially in this age where we're raising kids to likely be entrepreneurs. Um, yes, yes, yeah. Um, and it's a it's yeah, the, the unknown future. And I think it's, it's so tricky to know, you know, companies are projecting what skills they think will be important, but it's not that anyone can look into a crystal ball and be sure, you know, that that's exactly what it's going to be. And I think it's, it's always best effort in terms of, you know, the things that, parents are looking at including as part of their child's day and, and exposing them to as many things as possible in the hope that they find that one, you know, kind of golden nugget that's really theirs and that they excel at. Mm. And it's stressful and it's anxiety provoking um, to, to walk that road and, and not know what's going to be the best. And I think that's exactly what I've just experienced so much in practice is that it's, it's going into so many directions and then everyone's feeling, it's kind of feeling that, that anxiety of not knowing what will, what will be the best. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that's exactly why this platform is, it's almost a community for me as well of normalizing, I think a lot of the feelings that parents are feeling and maybe not talking about as much and 
just finding that balance. And I think that's my main thing. It's, and it's the same with screen time and it's the same with everything. It's, I almost think about it as diets and that's how I try to normalize it for parents with screen time. It's, you know, you, you want those healthy fruits and veggies and that to me is almost like play and open-ended play especially. It's almost like the fruits and veggies of life and that we, we need to incorporate that more on a day-to-day -day basis so that... You know, not only can they work on skills that they don't actually get a chance to work on in any other type of activity, but it also just is so important for those stress levels in a way that we, we sometimes forget that they also they also feel that pressure and they also feel that kind of anxiety going from one one thing to the next, and just having a little bit of downtime as well as part of their day to work through that, and I think that's. I've often thought about it. It's almost like we just have to learn to trust play again. I almost feel like through time and kind of all the commercialization of toys and educational programs and, you know, everything that's happened is that we, we've, we've lost our trust in play that's been there for decades and that, you know, generations have, have gone through life and they've grown up and they've had kind of that, that phase in life that was so play-focused and that taught us so many skills and life skills. And I think it's almost just going back to that balance and learning to trust and play again and knowing that it is so beneficial in so many ways. Yeah, I hear you. And um, as I said, we went to this talk a few weeks ago and it really challenged us on this exact topic of, of play. And I want you to talk about it now anyway. But um, we got home and we both said, so um, with our kids, we, we often... We, we don't entertain them a lot. I don't think um, they, they're very independent children. I think mostly yeah. because I've always worked from home. So they've had to sort of entertain themselves. Yeah. Um, but I often, if we've had a busy day, I'll often put on the TV and be like, this is their downtime. That's how I always worded it. Like we'd walk in the door and I'd be like, okay, hey guys, let's have some chill time. And I'll put on the TV. And now I've just been taking like 15 minutes when we get home before I make that decision. And I promise it's been unbelievable. They will go, okay, Sarah is at that age where I'm sure, I don't know the academic reason behind it, but I'm guessing that it's a developmental stage where make-believe is like everything. Oh. So it's fall and um, this week. And so she, oh. she makes up, I promise you, within five seconds, she's always the mom or the, the granny or something. Oh, always the boss. <laughs> and then no dog or the wolf or whatever. And they just, they just play, they just get on with it and they'll make up all sorts of things and they'll tie things together and they'll go into the garden. And just by me not having interrupted, like normally I would yeah. think up something. I don't like say like, let's all do Play-Doh. Like I'm not that kind of, yeah, I'm yeah. Not yeah. but the TV, I do do that. I often think of it as like the more chilled time, which, which it can be for sure. And I'm not anti-TV at all. So yeah. my yeah. Yeah. will be like, you're definitely not. I'm really not anti it. But, um, especially if you've got an active life, which, which we do. But anyway, it's just been amazing how just by giving them that opportunity, they've actually done it on their own. Like they've done that child-led play idea. Um, and I've only been able to pull the two together since I sort of heard more on the topic. Um, yeah, so tell us more about that. I mean, walk us through this whole idea of child-led child play specifically. Well, and I think it's exactly what you said, is that sometimes it's the adult agenda of play that kind of gets in the way, and it's what we, it's almost like our perception of what is play and what is not play. And the amazing thing is that even play develops through stages, just like, you know, a child learning to go from sitting to crawling to walking eventually. So play also develops in kind of the 
you know, from fantasy play and, and how creative they are, it also goes through those stages. And initially, you know, even little babies can play and it might look to us like they're just lying there kicking a little sponge in the air or a little something. Um, but that to them is also their play. And it's just about, I love what you said about that 15 minutes. And sometimes before we suggest something, to actually just give them a little bit of time to think. And we sometimes forget as adults that kids need a little bit longer to process and they need a little bit more time to think through the ideas because their processing speed hasn't quite developed as ours has. So, you know, initially when you walk in, like we might think, okay, let's do this and that and then that, but they just kind of first, they need to walk in, they need to look at their surroundings, then they come up with the idea, then they decide, okay, this is how I'm gonna sequence the idea. And sometimes when we see them kind of standing there, almost it seems like they're not doing anything, it's actually them coming up with those ideas. But before we've even allowed them to kind of get everything they wanted to do to bring this idea to life, we're already suggesting something else to do, which they, Kind of just naturally, I think in the power dynamic, they will go for because, you know, this is a suggestion now from mom or dad or the caregiver, and then they kind of leave their ideas. So I think independent plan, and that's exactly what I've been doing on the platform, is almost teaching caregivers how to play again. So some independent play tips from, you know, scheduling in a certain time of day where that time is dedicated to it being open-ended free play. And simple things like just making sure that there's not a lot of things lying around, that it's, you know, there's a few toys that they can select from because the moment there's about 20 toys lying there, they, they can get overwhelmed and then it's almost like I don't actually know what to play versus having three things there that actually allow me to come up with an idea a little bit easier. So there's little tips and tricks that you can actually do in the environment and as a caregiver to develop that ability to play independently and to work on that and initially it might be five minutes of them playing alone you know and, and that works up to maybe 10 minutes and 15 minutes and I think with anything some kids are also more playful than other kids and some kids might actually be able to make that gear shift into independent play very easily once they have the environment that supports that so I think that's why I always have kind of a holistic approach to play because it's, it's not always developing the child's skills but sometimes it's also looking at the surrounding environment and looking at you know what are the play prompts in the environment do they allow for open-ended play how does the caregiver cue and guide play and kind of that combination of all those factors together that can actually lead to that beautiful play moment that they create for themselves so yeah so there's a few kind of combinations that that you can look at in, in terms of developing that space in, in your home and in your child's play today for that independent play to, to occur more frequently and eventually actually just being a very normal part of the day. Yeah, I love that. And just as you were speaking, um, so I've been, we've, our playroom has like, I don't know, almost like bookshelf, I suppose, idea, except very basic one, but <laughs> um, they yeah. are open, like the cupboards are all open. There's no, you know, close them. Yeah. The only thing is, it means that they have exposure to absolutely everything in their playroom at all times. Um, and it, it definitely can be overwhelming. And I've wanted to do a built-in for ages more because I hate the chaos than anything. <laughs> I just haven't, haven't got there, I suppose. Saving for like something like a built-in cupboard is like, oh, surely yeah. you don't need it that badly. But anyway, I think that would actually be such a good idea. I'm just thinking out loud. But 
you know, to be able to almost be able to close the cupboard and then we take out what they're wanting to play with um, rather than them just seeing gazillions of options and, you know, not knowing. Whereas, as we said, so often where they play the best is we've got a veranda um, with sort of cane couches and then they've got this like funny tunnel. It's like a tent, part of a tent, but like a kiddies tent and it's a tunnel and they put the tunnel on our cane suite outside and then they like race things down there and they make up stories and they tie the things together and but again they don't have many options there and I suppose that's when they get creative um, exactly. so um, yeah amazing and I think that's so helpful for parents as well to start thinking like that um, you know making that space I don't know what word you use but almost like conducive to independent play Exactly, exactly. And I think sometimes those, those onboard moments is, is exactly the moments where creativity can come out of it. It's just us being able to guide that moment appropriately. And something that I've said is it's almost not serving the onboard culture. So, you know, the moment they're saying on board not to go to Pinterest and then, you know, find an activity with all the requirements and kind of setting it up for them because that is it's almost going to keep them in that loop of I'm bored and someone can help fix that for me where we want to take those on board moments and actually kind of build a bridge for them from that to that play engagement. And like I keep saying, you know, it's different for all kids. Like some might need more guidance. Some might need, you know, just one or two little moments that will get them there. But it's, it's about us almost becoming aware of how we also what we bring to the play exchange in a way and the way we either almost inhibit play by suggesting things or putting things in place all the time or the way we can support play by actually giving them the skills and giving them the control in a way to be able to realize that. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think following an account like yours um, can sort of guide us in this because as you say I think all of all of us are different as parents but all of our kids are also different so we don't always know what to do with the kid that is bored every five minutes and um, whereas yeah. others like for instance my Sarah I'm very lucky that she she just doesn't really think of getting bored um but she also likes being on her own so I think that fits yeah. together like she quite enjoys yeah. her own space but not everyone in life does enjoy their own space exactly. um, and so being able to know I suppose, know your kid and then have options because, yeah. And a lot of us aren't like our kids. And I've seen that as well with parents where it can be such a hard parenting thing when you're not wired like your child. So what you would do, like surely they can just think that up, but they can't. So, um, yeah, we, so we need help. <laughs> so keep <laughs> um, Because, yeah, it's, it's very real, this whole parenting thing and trying to figure it out and, um, just as you said, that Pinterest thing and, you know, finding an idea like, um, you know, many of us will follow moms online and, and be so inspired by all the Pinterest moms mm -hmm. um, that do everything perfectly and we'll be feeling like such a shit mom on the other end, like, oh my word, I've never ever found an article <laughs> and, and actually followed through. Um, yes. On the other well, end, the end yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. And then on the other end, someone's saying, but don't do that, you know. So I feel like we, we all feel like in some way we we failing and we've just got to got to figure this out. And like, yeah, I suppose follow people like you and get guidance in as many ways as we can and getting to know our kids and, and bringing it back to basics. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's exactly that. It's that there are tips for everyone. It's it's not a one, two, three, you know, copy paste type of recipe. It's it's about and I think that's what's important for me. It's a 
it's giving principles and it's giving the how-tos that you can almost reflect on and say, yes, that's our family, that, that'll work for us. You know, maybe that won't work that well um, in terms of the, the siblings and kind of the, the family unit as a whole. And I think it's about empowering parents to be able to find the things that work well for them so that it becomes effortless and it isn't about looking at other accounts and trying to live almost their lives, but yeah. finding... Yeah, it's like your inner family unit's perfect balance, which will be different for everyone. I love that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm such a big believer in that and just defining things on your own terms and not comparing to other families, but figuring this out for you. Um, and obviously in our home, we've got two kids. So the idea of like independent pay, they're, obviously, they're often together doing that. Um, yes. you know, for families with one child, that will look totally different. So, so we've got to figure it out for us and for our dynamic. And then there's a family with four kids and then it's a whole other one I don't want to embrace. <laughs> but yeah, so um, it, yeah, it really is amazing. And I love how you said um, we need to trust play again. Um, and I think that's yeah. something that I'm going to take away from this chat and likely call okay. the episode. Um, but um, I think that's something that, that all of us can be ch challenged on is just to trust, trust play. Like it's worked for years, you know, for exactly. <laughs> you know, and our parents are pretty well adjusted. And if anything, I think the generations before what they maybe missed out on was the um, emotional connection with, with mm -hmm. the self. I think that's the biggest thing we've missed yeah. out on, not the other things that we now bringing in. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's something that as parents, definitely we can be more intentional about because we've got more knowledge. Um, but something yeah. like play, how crazy that we've lost something that they've done forever. Yeah, um, yeah that's worked all, all along. Yeah, yeah. And such an easy thing. We just need, we need tips to get back there, which, which is obviously why we get to, to have these kind of conversations. Yeah. Cool. Anything you want to end the conversation with before you tell everyone where to find you? Any sort of final message or... I don't know, last, last words. Yeah, I think it is exactly just us, about us kind of finding the balance again and just trusting in that. I think that is my main, my main mission and my main um, passion. And I think just walking that journey aside parents and helping everyone to find, find the balance that works for them. And I think we all, you know, I, I love social media and I love the, the pros that are there and it connects. I mean, that's how we came about and we found each other. But I think social media can also put so much pressure on people to try and live almost someone else's life. So I think with with Pay More and the the information that I'm sharing in that platform, it really is just for, for parents to be empowered and to look internally and not almost that, that constant comparison with others and to unlock that inner potential of your child that is unique and they have so many amazing capabilities and things that they they will still share with the world and I think it's if we we try this cookie cutter method we're going to miss out on the unique skills and talents that every child can bring to this world so I think that is a big passion of mine is that we can actually allow that to come out rather than trying to fit kids into boxes that they don't necessarily fit into. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that's incredible. Please tell everyone where they can find you online or in person, I suppose. 
Yeah, so you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram on Play More OT. And then for anyone who's interested in joining our Play More tribe, you can log on to www.playmoreot.com under the subscriptions kind of menu area, and then you can find us there. But also, um, you know, if anyone wants to email or send me messages on social media, I'm always willing to engage and, and just share and, and knowledge of anything that that someone might want to check in on so they can find me there and then for people in Cape Town I'm based at Bishops um so that is where I am a physical person but online we can always reach each other amazing thank you so so much for your time thanks Katie it's been amazing chatting with you and thank you so much for the opportunity and, and kind of sharing your platform so I can also just spread the joy and the importance of play I really appreciate it yes. This episode has ended, um, but I'm sure you loved it, guys. How inspiring and just such cool tools to get our hands onto in raising our kids and in, in trying to get it right, which I know we all so desperately trying to do, and yet around every corner seems like there's another hiccup. But hopefully this is an easy one. It means pack the toys away, turn off the TV, and let them do their thing. <laughs> it's like every mum's dream, hey? Um, anyway, I, I really hope this was inspiring, and I think... Um, yeah, go on over and, and follow Play More OT. I think it's a really inspiring account. I follow her personally and that's why I've asked Anade to come on here. Um, and I've no doubt you will find inspiration through her page. And then those mums that are still keen to join my The Guilt Free Mum course. Um, I've got a couple spaces still left for the course. It starts in about three weeks time. Um, a few mums have asked for more details. So Basically, it's a four-week course. It's all done online. You get masterclasses almost every week, which is like a video you get to watch on your own um, on various topics like managing your emotions, mummy guilt, figuring out a new routine for you as mom so that you can fit in more things for you and not just for your kids and feeling run off your feet. Um, Self-awareness, just really cool topics. Then there's lives every week, one per week, which is um, an evening chat with me live. Um, and I talk again on either one of those topics or a different topic. It's all themed, so each week has a different theme. You can find that on my website. Um, and the lives are about half an hour in the evening. And then I post those straight up to Facebook and I email, email the live to you, which means if you can't make the live, you've still got access to it. So even though it's a group course, you're not really interacting as a group per se. Um, it's like just all getting hold of the same information at the same time. And then there's a homework activity one per week and it just guides you through this process of actually making these things applicable to your life i'd probably say guys maybe max one hour a week of work so not a huge amount of work um that's including the listening and the homework maybe a bit more but not a huge amount i know you're busy i'm busy i totally get it um but um you email your homework personally to me or whatsapp it to me and so it does become a, a personal journey that we get to work together which is quite special and why i keep the groups quite small um, yeah, I'd be so honored to work with you. I've, I've worked with a good few hundred mums now from around the world in the last year and a bit that I've run these courses and I just absolutely love it. I love connecting with mums, hearing their beautiful stories and empowering them to, to love themselves again and not just um, love and pour into our kids, which we all do so well, but actually pour back into ourselves as well and in turn become better mums. So I'd be honored to work with you if you're keen. Um, You'll see it all on my website under Mum's Course um, or Programs. If you click on that tab and payment, 
is possible over three months. So if this is a difficult thing for you to pay for, then prioritize it over three months and it should make it um, far easier to do. And then international mums, yes, you can absolutely do it. Um, anyone can do it from anywhere in the world. Loads of love, everyone. I'm hoping for a healthy week and I hope for you too that you have an amazing week and um, feel refreshed and, yeah, judge yourself less, embrace your life more and, and yeah, love yourself to the max. Loads of love, guys.